Welcome to the Fitnatics. I'm super excited today. We're joined with Debbie Anderson. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Hi, Susie. I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic today. We have lots of questions for you. So let's just get into it right away. Uh, let's get started with a little bit about your background and area of expertise, please. Okay. Um, yeah. So I earned my graduate, undergraduate studies in um, dance and psychology. So I've always had this interest in the mind-body connection from all the way back back then. Um, and I really, I discovered yoga while I was traveling in India. So I'd been exposed to it a little bit in the West, but when I was in India, I was just traveling and thought, hey, like when in Rome, right? So I went to an ashram and really discovered not only, um, you know, like the, the yoga that we practice here in the West, but, but I discovered that it was actually much more than that. Um, and at the same time, I was also introduced to Ayurveda because in India, the two, the two systems go hand in hand. Um, and that was in 2005. Um, in 2006, I went back to India to get certified in yoga um, and also did an Ayurveda course. And I've been teaching yoga ever since, so since 2006, um, almost 15 years. Um, and then I, I continued to learn as much as I could about Ayurveda after that um, on, on my own, just through reading and study, self-study. You know, There wasn't really a lot of um, teachers that I could learn from at the time. Mm -hmm. And so finally in 2012, I decided I just need to to go study this, like dive into it. And so I moved to New Mexico and went to the Ayurvedic Institute um, and became a certified Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, and I've been practicing Ayurveda since then, so for about eight years. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, uh, Ayurveda comes up quite a bit amongst my clients. Um, it's a very hot topic. So what exactly is Ayurveda? Yes, this is a great question. <laughs> um, so the word Ayu, this comes from Sanskrit. Ayu means life and Veda means knowledge. So Sanskrit is a language that says a lot in a very little, like, um, like a little word. You can like really unpack the meaning of that word. So you could unpack Ayurveda to mean like the science of life or the how to support a person's longevity, um, or really it's like the art of living your best life. Mm. Um, it's a path of healing um, based in learning how to understand and support your own life force. Um, and it's through diet, um, lifestyle, proper self-care, um, and, and through that self-knowledge, really. Um, one of the basic tenets of Ayurveda is that each person is unique and so it's not a one size that fits all thing. It's, it's really based in individuality and what works for one person is not going to work for everyone across the board. Um, mm -hmm. And in, in providing that information or insight, it really provides this framework for self-understanding and self-learning. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, bringing in, like you said, not just the uh, nutrition side or the physical side, but it's a holistic approach absolutely. to living your better life. And who doesn't want to live their best lives? 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the uh, Ayurvedic yoga approach. How do you blend those two? How do they come together? Yeah. So in India, like I said, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Like they're really um, integrated there. Um, Ayurveda is the lifestyle approach to a spiritual path through yoga. And yoga is the spirituality of Ayurveda. Um, so in Ayurvedic yoga therapy, again, based in this idea that each person is unique and an individual and what works for one person isn't going to work for everybody, we apply this Ayurvedic framework to understand a person and then recommend um, specific yogic practices based on what's going to work for that person through that Ayurvedic lens. Um, you know, a lot of what we see today in the yoga world is very fitness based and it unfortunately makes yoga really inaccessible to a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, go to a yoga class, try it and they're just like, no, I can't do that. It's too, it's too much. Um, and so Ayurvedic yoga therapy is really, you know, a, a way of applying this, um, this understanding of a, a person's unique needs and applying those yoga practices that will best serve them. And anyone can do, I mean, someone who can't walk can practice, I practice yoga. Um, it's, it's just about learning like where, where can they start? You have to meet the person where they're at. Um, and then that's where they can, you know, learn and grow. And I think that's something that's in, in a lot of the fitness based yoga, um, gets lost. So I agree. I, I definitely agree. Um, being in the fitness industry, you're absolutely right. There are individuals that feel somewhat of a limitation when it comes to yoga if they can't get down to the floor and get back up because right. they see individuals doing yoga on a floor, on a mat. And so right off the bat, they're thinking it's not for them. So um, excellent that you're sharing this information with us. Who would be then the ideal client for um, the yoga therapy? I would say uh, a person who's looking to heal themselves through yoga or who's maybe been told like, oh, yoga would really help you, but maybe they fit in that demographic of like, they've tried a class and they're just like, no, it, it feels stressful, right? It feels like overwhelming. Like it's not providing the stress relief that yoga is known for if they're stressing themselves out, trying to keep up with a, a teacher that's teaching a really fast paced class, you know? Um, so anyone looking to heal themselves through yoga and, um, and also who's willing to put in the work because yoga won't do itself, you know, like you have to, to show up and, um, to show up to yourself really, and, and show up with that mindset of, okay, let's see what comes up today. Um, I think yoga is best approached through a lens of curiosity rather than like, let's just get it done. Like it shouldn't be a thing that you want to just like check off your list. It's, it's a, it's a state of mindfulness and presence. And so someone who's looking for that or willing to put in the effort to, um, to attain that. So when we say healing the, you know, the yoga healing aspect of it, when someone may think of healing and feel like healing from a chronic disease, healing from um, pain, healing, what exactly, what types of healing? Is it internal? Is it a physical, mental? It can be all of it. Um, you know, yeah, yoga is, um, yoga and Ayurveda both, I mean, they're healing systems. And healing is really 
in my view, a path toward becoming whole, like a path toward really becoming a whole person and becoming rooted and centered in self. Um, Ayurveda defines health health as being um, one who is situated in oneself. So mm. that, you know, to me is always kind of like a guiding framework of what, what does it mean to be healthy? Like, yeah, it's, you know, feeling good and all this other stuff, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy emotions, um, good digestion, all of these things, but also that, that essence of feeling at home in yourself. So... Well said. Well said, Debbie. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some of the other services you provide, um, like uh, breath work. What, what is that? And um, what are some of the benefits? Yeah. Um, so breath work, you know, the breath, in my view, and in, in according to yogic teaching, the breath is the link between mind and body. So through the breath, we can affect the mind. And through the breath, we can also affect the physical body. Um, and so it's this bridge, right, where we can mm -hmm. affect everything. And it's it's so healing to the nervous system. Um, through different breath techniques, you can actually create an, a state of excitement in the nervous system. Um, you can create a state of, of parasympathetic relaxation in the nervous system. And I think through breathwork, we create an adaptability to be able to, um, to experience both of those extremes, you know, of, of activation and relaxation of, you know, like yin and yang in Chinese medicine. It's, it's really being able to um, experience the duality of our lives, but mm -hmm. also to not get stuck because so, so many of us get stuck in that sympathetic stress fight or flight state or, or kind of like not quite there, but like sub, you know, uh, fight or flight state where we're, we're just kind of like in this constant state of chronic stress. Um, mm -hmm. and we can't, we don't have an adaptable nervous system that can like move from that, move into that state of stress and then also move out of it into a state of relaxation. Um, and I think that's something that we all, you know, could could use we we definitely all need more relaxation um, <laughs> us anyways so um so yeah i think that breath work is one of the things that can really help with that it's also been one of the best tools for healing emotional stuff any kind of emotional connection to or emotional factor in um under in a disease or illness i think that um the breath is one of the best ways to really access and heal that Oh, wow. Now, would the breath work also be um, a good tool to utilize for dealing with grief? Absolutely, actually. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because Ayurveda teaches that the, the lungs are the seat of grief in the body. So there's different organs that are associated with different emotions and the lungs are specifically mm -hmm. associated with grief. Um, so yes, I think the, the breathing techniques can be really powerful in, in healing from grief at the same time, I think depending on, you know, how recent the, you know, experience of loss is, I think each person will come to it when they're ready. Um, or, you know, we might, you might want to ease into it or, you know, feel it out like when when you're actually ready to do that. Because I think sometimes when it's really, really close to the loss, 
Um, and if it's really traumatic, it can be too much probably to do, to go right into some breath work. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's where, you know, some more gentle techniques like mantra, um, chanting, things like that, that, that can just kind of restore the nervous system, but in a more gentle way um, than accessing the breath directly. Certain breaths could, could be helpful, um, but I know like from my own experience, it, it can be really hard to breathe when you're in that state of, of grief. So what I really um, appreciate about um, the services you provide and the teachings and is that these tools, these strategies can be utilized daily for the rest of our lives, like you said, for living that best okay. life. Because our lives are, you know, for the most part, we do have the ups and downs. We do experience a full life and having those resources and tools available to us give us the capacity to not only manage the situation, but to thrive, you know, no matter what is going on at that particular time. And I think that's very powerful. I think that's very um, uplifting and it gives you a sense of no matter what's going to come my way, I'm good. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And um, that sense of just security. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think that's one of the things that these practices or these, these, you know, implementing an Ayurvedic lifestyle and, and, you know, yoga into your lifestyle really helps to create that adaptability and versatility and resiliency um, so that when mm -hmm. life does, you know, hand us a stressful circumstance, which it will, um, we're better able to respond to that um, rather than, you know, if we're, if we're already in a state of stress and then we're also handed another stress that is outside of our control, then, you know, it, it can be pretty overwhelming. So and what a, a fantastic other resource and tool that does not happen to include, you know, the traditional Western medicine where we are, you know, taking some type of medication, um, you know, to help with those situations, to help us get through some of those situations. I'm, I'm sure, you know, there is a time and a place for that, but I think that what we're discussing today really is an excellent alternative to explore um, for those types of situations. Yeah, definitely. And it, and it can work. It can really help to support a Western protocol too, you know? So sometimes you're right that Western intervention is very much needed um, mm -hmm. to, to get someone through an acute, you know, situation or even sometimes long-term, but the, these practices can really support and integrate with that um, to make, okay. to make those, you know, those medications more effective. So. Excellent. So, uh, Debbie, tell us a little bit about this spring cleanse that you have coming up. <laughs> yeah. So every spring and every fall, I guide a group cleanse. Um, and I, I love this experience because I think it's really one of the best ways to learn Ayurveda experientially um, and to learn about yourself. Um, it's a really, you know, Ayurvedic cleansing is not... Um, a fad. It's been around for thousands of years. It's not a fast. You're, you, you can eat as much, you know, you want to eat until you're satiated and you shouldn't feel excessive hunger. Um, it's very gentle and nourishing. And especially in the ways that a lot of us can, um, 
you know, tend to reach for comfort through maybe not the healthiest avenues. Um, this is a way to, of like giving your body a break and and finding some other tools that can also be comforting, but aren't going to have, you know, the toxic buildup um, in our systems that say reaching for sweets or cheese or, you know, the kind of foods that, that are comforting, but maybe mm -hmm. not the best all the time. Um, it's basically, it's all about simplifying. It's about simplifying the diet to be easy to digest so that it gives your digestive system a break um, and simplifying the routine by, you know, incorporating some, some practices that will help you feel more grounded and calm. Um, but also, you know, kind of getting rid of anything that's, that's not necessary in your daily routine. You know, how much time do we spend watching TV or on social media or, you know, just kind of giving yourself a break from these things that maybe aren't aren't nourishing you um, in the best of ways. And how uh, long is I'm sorry, how long is the cleanse? It's so it's a total of 14 days mm -hmm. um, and there's three phases. There's the pre cleanse phase, which is three days of kind of just getting getting used to it, right? Getting used to the, the routine and the diet, you know, kind of transitioning into a cleanse. And then the middle seven days is where we're doing the real cleansing. That's where we're um, eating a, a very simple diet um, of kitchari, which is a traditional Ayurvedic healing food of rice and dal. Um, and then there's a, a specific protocol that we do to um, internally and externally lubricate the tissues so that the toxins can be easily released. And then we do a purgation to like clear out all of those toxins that have been released at the end of that seven days. Um, and then the final four days is really about rebuilding, rejuvenating, um, making sure that we, we rebuild so that we're not just, you know, uh, moving out of the cleanse in an unconscious way, right? We, we want to really take that time to um, reset everything and make sure that we, um, our, our digestion is strong, our body is strong, our, our nervous system is resilient um, so that when we move out of the cleanse, we're better able to handle the, you know, the real world. <laughs> exactly. And the, that, world. <laughs> the cleanse, um, the spring cleanse begins when? So it begins April 10th, um, and today is technically the last day to register, um, although I always have stragglers that want in, and I can I can make some allowances, um, but yeah. Excellent. Um, any other upcoming events, Debbie? Um, let's see. I have an Ayurveda class um, that I'll be teaching starting the end of April. Um, and that is a class on um, Ayurveda, how to how to integrate yoga and Ayurveda um, for people who are who generally have had a yoga practice of some kind, um, but want to learn more about the Ayurvedic component to that. Um, so I have that coming up at the end of April. Um, I also I do monthly breath circles, um, which are a time to come together and and kind of. There's community like sharing and and you know setting intentions and then we do a breathing meditation um, in that and that's usually around the new moon so I haven't set the date for it yet this month but it'll be coming up soon in a couple of weeks. 
Excellent. Very, very good. Now, you definitely are a fanatic. I'm, I'm sure of that. So if you don't mind, can you share with us um, what is your favorite yoga pose? So it changes, um, but I would say right now, downward facing dog. I'm like, it just feels so good in my body. And I don't know if it's because I need to be turning my world upside down or it feels, you know, really grounding and expansive at the same time. So I don't know. I, I understand why dogs want to do it all the time. <laughs> it does feel really good. Yes. Excellent, Debbie. And tell us how someone can reach you uh, for more information to work with you. Yeah. So the best way to contact me is through my website. Um, which is Debbie Anderson, and it's Debbie with a Y, Anderson with an E, um, Debbie Anderson, so D-E-B-B-Y-A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N.com, um, and I have a contact form there and all of my contact information, so. Excellent. Thank you, Debbie. We appreciate all the wonderful information you shared with us today. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Fitnatics today.